going to end on a double doink, 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 doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. the idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know that idea. That's the result you're gonna get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Don't go out there and laugh. laugh. The doctor is now in. And a very good Tuesday afternoon to you. Yes, recapping... A glorious Monday night football game. Well, maybe not really a glorious game, but a victory if you are a Raiders fan. If you're a Packers fan, you're just shaking your head and you're going, where's Aaron Rodgers? Where's Brett Favre for that matter? Where's anybody but Jordan Love? Atrocious. We'll talk all about the game last night as the Raiders defeat the Packers 17-13. to Turnover fest, that's what that game was, especially on the Packers side. We'll dive into that. We'll talk Major League Baseball. We got action as we speak. Game number three between the Astros and the Twins. Astros got on top early with four big runs in the first. And that series tied one game apiece. And then tonight, could we have elimination? The first elimination in the divisional series. Texas Rangers going for the sweep. They are at home as they took the first two games from Baltimore on the road. And then, tomorrow, Dodgers. Could they be eliminated? We'll talk some Major League Baseball with Chris Basio. He will join us today. The former pitcher and, of course, the former pitching coach for several teams, including those Chicago Cubs, back in 2016. So, Bos will join us today. Sam Gordon will join us. We will talk Raiders game last night, as well as the Aces. Get ready for game number two of the WNBA Finals. Coming your way tomorrow night at the Michelob Ultra Arena. Remember, special start time, 6 p.m. tomorrow because of the nationally televised game, WNBA. And uh, that game will be on ESPN. The radio side, we will be on Raider Nation Radio tomorrow. So make a note of that if you want to listen to the game. You can't watch it. Tune in with me. Uh, 5.30 pregame show with Becky Hammond and the real MVP, Asia Wilson. All right. And uh, you'll get a chance to hear from Asia Wilson tomorrow on the show here as well tomorrow. So we look forward to that as we get ready for the Aces and Liberty game two. Aces win game number one by 17 points, 99-82 on Sunday afternoon. We hit on that yesterday. And again, a shout out to our good friends of Slice of Vegas where we did the show yesterday, the Raider tailgate party. Appreciate all those that came out yesterday and got their grub on. Uh, great atmosphere, phenomenal food, as we well know, at Slice of Vegas. And uh, Scott Frost and the guys, great job. Scott also owns Who Songs, uh, both proud sponsors uh, of the show and of the Las Vegas Aces as well. And uh, the food was just amazing yesterday. And everybody that was there enjoyed it. Everybody that was there, Numchuck. Well, I have to be here uh, so know, that we broadcast. Okay, okay. Let, me, let, let me say something. Now, you got a pretty detailed business card, right? I do. You do. That, right? You got several positions here. And in several of those positions, or many of those positions, they're, they're high octane. They're high authority positions. Yeah. So, again, you have some power. You have some power. A little bit. You, you got some power. A little bit. So you have some power to come on the road, especially when I invite you on the road. You, you can come and do that. You know, you just go ahead and, 
You know, you go through your Rolodex here, like I go through my Rolodex every day and get guests on. You go through your Rolodex and say, uh, you know, I, I got to go eat today. Yeah, I, I got to, you know, it's business. I got to go monitor the situation. I have to oversee TC's remote. Yeah, you can do that. You so can get away with that. Should I like? You have the power to do that. So should I like call Quaken and have him, you know, pinch hit? Yeah, only if, only if uh, Sax would come in and they could do a, a tag team. Oh, that would be a great tag team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should. You should ring up Quake. I mean, how many times did he ring you up when you were first starting about come fill in, right? Every day. There you go. <laughs> Every day. Every day. So I can't say I feel sorry for you. Even though I, you know, try to at least offer and then you turn me down regularly. So. Well, because it's, it's, you know, like I have to be here. And some, so I say you got to start using that authority you have and say. So, some of those replacements I yeah. have, you don't like. Yeah. Maybe you better find some, some good, uh, some good interviewees. How's that? I got you. You got me. Got you. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but I, I do want to, uh, I do want to take you out for your birthday though. That's fine. But well, you say it's fine, but every time I, you know, we try to line up a schedule, it's like, well, I, I can't do that. Well, I've got to do that. I got to do that. I'm just wondering, you know, we'll do it after the road trip. Do you have any handcuffs, by the way? Do, you have do hand- I have any handcuffs? Yes. Do you have handcuffs Why? at home? Just wondering. Do yes, need, I do. Do you need to get a do you need to get a hall pass? No. Do I need to call? No. Do I need to call Miss Heather and get you a hall pass? No. No. Not at all. <laughs> That's okay. She'd uh, be fine with that. Okay. Maybe the boss needs to give you a hall pass from yeah. here. That's the deal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Numchuck's birthday is tomorrow. It's a it's a monumental birthday too. It is. See, we've had this discussion before about monumental birthday. So now I'm gonna I'm twisting it on you now. I'm putting it on you, my friend. Monumental birthday. Now, do you have any plans? Oh wait, I, I know, I know the next sentence is coming. Oh, I, I, I can't do anything. Oh, we have breaking news. We'll go live to our birthday on the spot reporter, Numchuck himself, talking about Numchuck's birthday. I'll be working. You'll be working. That is not breaking news. Uh, that is not breaking news. Come on, man. You need to celebrate. I'm come I'm on, going man. to at some point. I just want to celebrate, celebrate. See, no, I just Can think- I get a little rare earth, please? I know you want to go cool in the gang celebration. That's fine. We heard that Saturday night. But I'm just feeling like in a rare earth mood right now. I don't know why. Because it's a terrible Tuesday, and I want to rock it a little bit. And we got our rocker coming on, Chris Bazio. Yeah! Nupchuck's birthday tomorrow. I was going to save this for tomorrow. But let's go. We'll be like Dennis Rodman. We'll be like T.C. Martin and have the birthday weekend or the birthday week. I wholeheartedly celebrate that. I just want to celebrate another day of living. I just want to celebrate another day of life. Put my faith in the people, but the people let me down. So I turn the other Sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, we are five weeks into the NFL season right now, and we, when we think of terrible regarding the NFL, 
What do we think about right now? Who do we think about? Which team do we think about? Hmm? The Bears. <laughs> That's true. We think about the Bears. Or maybe the Panthers, right? Winless. Okay. Well, the Bears aren't winless. At least they won a the game, right? Panthers, terrible. Bears, terrible, right? But I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with the team that many people thought could be a Super Bowl team. And I'm sick and tired of it because we hear about it every single season. And of course, we're talking about your team, not America's team. They still call themselves America's team. The Dallas Cowboys. Drill pressed on Sunday, as predicted, 42-10 to 10 by the best team in the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers are the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA. All right? On the verge of potential dynasty, especially with a young quarterback like Brock Purdy and all the weapons they have. They can keep Christian McCaffrey there for a while and Debo Samuel and boast on the defensive side of the ball. They're tremendous. Well, the Cowboys were downright terrible again on Sunday. Dak Prescott, awful. 14 for 24. 153 yards, one touchdown, and count them, one, two, three interceptions with a quarterback rating of 51.6. All the talk about Dallas being good. And that's why they're a star of Terrible Tuesday. Because this team, as Dennis Green once said, they are who we thought they were. Can I get a little Dennis Green? I miss Dennis Green. All the talk about Dallas being good. Well, let's diagnose it. Okay, they start off the season, played the lowly Giants, and beat them 40 to nothing, right? So they beat the Giants. They beat the New York Jets. They beat the New England Patriots. Oh, by the way, how, how good do those wins look right now? All right, the Giants, the Jets, and New England. Terrible, terrible, and awful, right? And the losses that the Cowboys have had. Let's don't forget, not only did they lose to the Niners 42 to 10, but... They lost to one of the worst teams in the NFL as well, too, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Don't forget about that. As a double-digit favorite, they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. In the Cowboys' wins, they've outscored opponents 108-13. to You say, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, again, that's Giants, Jets, Patriots. Stink, stink, stink. But in their two losses... The Dallas Cowboys were outscored 70 to 26. Repeat, 70 to 26. Translation? This team isn't very good. Translation? Or who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. (laughs) It never gets old. Never gets old. The Dallas Cowboys cannot beat a quality opponent. It's same old, same old. You old enough to remember that same, same old, same old? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I like that. I haven't used that in a long time. Same old, same old. Uh, they did this exact same old, same old thing last year, if you remember, right? Last September, who'd they beat? Well, they beat the Giants. They beat the Commanders. Oh, they lost to Philadelphia. And if you remember an opening day last year, they lost to Tampa Bay. Minus Tom Brady, not very good, right? Yeah. No. They beat one team of significance all last season. One team. If you go back to Dallas Cowboys' schedule last year, they beat one team 
of significance, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not even sure how significant they are or were, right? And that was back in September, and they beat them 20 to 17. So this is the Dallas Cowboys that you got. Mike McCarthy has got to go. And see, I'm never one saying coaches should be fired because I don't like that. Okay? Don't like that. But Mike McCarthy, you knew who he was when you hired him. At least Jerry Jones didn't. But those that watched him up close and personal in Green Bay, you knew that it was just a matter of time. They're not going to win anything with Mike McCarthy. Same thing with Dak Prescott. You're not going to win anything with Dak, Dak Prescott. Those two Hammond Eggers have got to go. The Dallas Cowboys need to get a head coach and a quarterback. And maybe they need a new owner. Well, I guess, you know, you don't want to say they need a new owner because Jerry Jones spends a boatload of money. But Jerry Jones needs to keep some, keep himself out of the operations field. That's what he needs to do. But until they get a new coach, a new quarterback, it's going to be same old, same old Cowboys because we know who they are and that what they've been in recent memory. Or who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. The Baltimore Orioles, best record in the American League, over 100 wins. But how many they got so far in the postseason? The big Z. None so far. They have been beaten down by the Texas Rangers, a team barely got in as the number six seed. Sure, I understand they led the American League West for 159 games. I get that. But they collapsed big time in the final month of the season, especially the last week, especially the final weekend. The Baltimore Orioles are a story that they were a laughing stock for the better part of the past two decades. All right. The Baltimore Orioles have won one playoff series since 2014. All right. And if you go back to the Baltimore Orioles, let's go back to 1997. All right. Because they were relevant in the late 90s. All right. Since 1997, the Orioles have been in the postseason four times, including this year. And the record is six wins and 10 losses. But a 100-win team, and they cruised to the division title in the American League East, and they got embarrassed, not just lost, but they got embarrassed in their first two home games in their home park against the Texas Rangers. All right, This is a team that doesn't have the experience I like to talk about. When you come to October baseball, it's all about having the experience. Mm-hmm. So if you watch the Baltimore Orioles, and they're on the verge of elimination tonight, all right, they're going to send Dean Kramer, UNLV product, former UNLV product, to the mound tonight. He's had some, some problems. And uh, Texas is going to go for the sweep, and Texas is back at home at Globe Life Field. So uh, they're going to be revved up and fired up in Texas to, to sweep this team. We'll see what Baltimore can do. I will say this about the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they have the... Them and the Astros, the two best records in baseball uh, on the road this year. So we'll see if they can work some road magic. But the Orioles had a little different excitement over the weekend. Right up your alley, Numchuck. Do you know what happened in Baltimore over at the, the ballpark on Saturday afternoon? No. Game one. The Orioles fans are pumped up. They're fired up. They're ready to go, right? And the Texas Rangers are drilling them. Here comes the eighth inning. 
fans have lost interest, and they're going, man, these are the same old Orioles. But we had a little action, a little action that started in the stands and then worked its way down to the field. Oh, yes, we had Was a, a streaker. Oh, yeah. We had a streaker. The unidentified man was clad only in a Speedo, a Marco D'Angelo Speedo. And do you know what it said on the Speedo? Virginity rocks. (laughs) That's right. This guy's wearing a Speedo. Virginity rocks. Now, you got to help me out here. I don't know how anybody diagnosed that because if you're, this guy wasn't very big. He's kind of a smaller guy. And he's wearing a Speedo. How do you get, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, space, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 letters on a Speedo, and then be able to read it? I have no answer. I have no answer. <laughs> it said virgi- virginity rocks on the front, and then he had a pair of socks, and he jumped out of the stands in left field. And attempted to streak across the field, but was apprehended by security. The streaker made his entrance onto the field, much to the astonishment of the crowds there at Camden Yards. The entire incident took about mm, about 10 minutes, believe it or not. Kind of lengthy. By the time they chased him down and arrested him, removed him from the field, about 10 minutes. He was escorted off the premises in handcuffs. See, I was asking you about your handcuffs earlier. Went through the door near home plate. Baltimore police officers. And what did the crowd do? They applauded the streaker. You know why they applauded the streaker? Because it was the most entertainment that they've had so far in this playoff series. So I'm watching the video now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me why he's out in center field, right? (laughs) Well, he, and he, they bring him. He jumped off and left. Well, yeah, but they so he they was get, in the cheap seats and left. They get him in center field. Mm-hmm. Why does why do they bring him through the home plate door, not the center or not one of the side doors? I don't think there is one there where they could get him out, and they want to take him to the the jail, basically the security yeah. jail. To yeah. you know, so yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, there's no door. In the fence, in the yeah. outfield fence. So that was the way you got to exit. And you didn't want to take him through the clubhouse, through the dugout. <laughs> I'm sure there's. That would have been good. I'm sure there's another way to get through there, though. Home plate where the umpires go. Okay, there's a little door there where the home plate uh, umpires go. And that's where you take him. And then you're down the tunnel away from everything else. There you go. I, I don't know. You know, again, I don't run security for, for, for Camden Yards. I don't know of the, uh, you know, the architecture of yeah, the ballpark. No. Where they, I just laugh at it because now they got to bring him all the way, and they're carrying him. Yes, yeah, all the way. Yeah, it's not like they're helping an injured player yeah. off the field, limping him. They're like carrying him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Virginity rocks. Now, do we know? We understand the, these idiots are always having message. Okay, like the person that glued themselves to the floor in Minnesota. Remember the NBA game yeah. last year. And they're protesting some. So, what does virginity rocks mean? I have no idea. What I mean is this some new website, or is he just trying to say, you know, by the way, don't he, mess around. By the way, he looks. Yeah, he's a virgin. Yeah, <laughs> he can't get none. 
No. As the Rolling Stones once said, he can't get no nothing satisfaction. <sighs> Most entertaining thing that happened at Camden Yards of the weekend. Will Baltimore advance in this series? No. Will Baltimore win a game in this series? One. You're going to win one? Yeah. We'll ask that same question to our next guest here coming up at the bottom of the hour. Sticking to baseball. How about those Dodgers? Talking about the Orioles? How about the Dodgers? Same scenario. Down two games to nothing. They lost both games at Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium. Game one to the Diamondbacks, 11-2. Shellacking. And who was on the mound in that game? None other than Clayton Kershaw, future Hall of Famer. Clayton Kershaw gets the start in game one. Six earned runs in the first inning. He lasted a third of an inning. He was able to record one out, did not record a strikeout, walked a batter as well, too, and got banged all over the field. Clayton Kershaw, if you don't know, doesn't have it anymore. Against good teams, and especially in the postseason. This has been a story for a long, long time. And the Dodgers were fooled. Davey Rogers, Davey Rogers, Dave Roberts, has been fooled with this mirage of Clayton Kershaw performing pretty well during the course of the season. All right, You get him to the postseason, forget about it. The good teams have his number, especially a division opponent like the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the Dodgers thought, we got a cakewalk. Oh, the Diamondbacks, they, Diamondbacks don't belong in the postseason. What did I say last week? The two teams that have the biggest mojo going right now are the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. And they had to fight for their lives to get in the postseason. And they've had all the momentum. And they swept their wild card series. Won two games in a row in each of their respective wild card series. And then are rolling now in the division series and winning both games on the road. Dangerous teams because they have momentum. The Dodgers have no pitching. They got no Clayton Kershaw. Well, they have him. But remember, you have no Julio Arias. All right? You've got no Walker Bueller. Oh, and by the way, you have no Trevor Bauer. Could he have helped right now? Oh, by the way, what does Trevor Bauer and Julio Urias have in common? They're both on the suspended list. Yeah, for pretty much the same Same thing. thing. Pretty much the same thing, huh? Not cheating females the best way. Holding them captive. This offense is not the same. They have two players. They have Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, and that's about it. It's just a matter of time before the Los Angeles Dodgers get eliminated, plain and simple. Asia's dumbass. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? I had that pulled up for, from earlier. You see, just like waiting to play it? Like, that's like I the always, hot button. That's, a, that's, hot that's button? a new hotkey, yeah. yes. And how does that have anything it, it to do wasn't, with it? It wasn't. I thought it was that when I pressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know. You can go back and edit that out. Terrible Tuesday. Yeah, this is true. You know, in your final day, your 39th year, you know, you go down to flames. Because remember, the clock strikes midnight. It's a new decade for you, my friend. New decade. Get the four going. How you doing with fours over there? You like fours? Madame Zania once did a poem called 40. I'll have to find that one for you. All right, college football. 
Yes, it was the talk of the weekend. The Miami Hurricanes, 5 and 0, undefeated, looking good, huh? They're playing Georgia Tech. They're leading 20 to 17 with 33 seconds to go. Miami has the ball on the Georgia Tech 30-yard line. You would think that the game was over, right? You think the game is over. They have the ball. They have to do one thing. All they have to do is do my favorite thing in football, and that is go Neil Diamond. But Miami did not elect to do that. Hey, like yeah. You should not be handing this football off. Right. I don't know what Miami is doing. That's it. And here's Cheney. The straight ahead. Tackled and the ball popped out. You've got to read the clock. I mean, read the card. I mean, to and me. Georgia Tech has it with 26 seconds left. Three to the field for King. Up in the pocket. Going to loop it down the field. And it is caught. And that's Rutherford. Here's King from the pocket. Flush to his right with six. Five. Going to loop it downfield. And ball is caught. Touchdown, Georgia Tech. With one second to go in the ballgame, Christian Leary. Here's Van Dyke looking. Flips it to the middle of the field. This is Restrepo. He'll dance. The clock is expired. And Xavier Restrepo's got to look for help. Now he's going to throw it back across the field. And here is... Kobe Young coming to the near side. Now Young going to give it back to Van Dyke. He's going to sling it back to Restrepo. Miami trying to string this play out. Schoolyard style. Now to Young, middle of the field. Kobe Young looking for some help. He's going to throw it back, and this is Jacoby George. Now he'll dance with it. George trying to make a move with it. Ball got knocked loose, and the game is over. I hate that play. I hate that play. But how about that? You have the lead, Georgia Tech, conference opponent. You're a top 10 team. And all you have to do is kneel down, and the clock expires. Why are they running plays? And they did it twice. The beginning of that clip, you heard they ran a play on first down. Like, what are you doing? And the second down, Georgia Tech strips the ball. They recover it. Two plays later, you've got the touchdown. They went 74 yards in 25 seconds. They win 23-20 to on a 44-yard touchdown pass from Haynes King to Christian Larry. Unbelievable. And here's the worst part about this. This is not the first time this has happened to the Miami head coach, Mario Cristobal. Remember Cristobal, where he came from? Oregon. It happened there. You know what the thing, the first things you do when you go to OTAs in the offseason, or then when you go to training camp, is you work on victory formation. It's the first play that you install and you go over because you want to get that in players' mindsets. Hey, we're going to be doing this a lot. Victory formation. Mario Cristobal has never ran that. That's why they didn't go Neil Diamond. They don't have a victory formation. They've never worked on it. It's not in their playbook. How insane in the membrane is that? Mario Cristobal. Explain yourself, please. Should have taken the timeout right there at the end. Thought he could get the first down, and you know, we talked about two hands on the ball, but that's not good enough. Just should have told him to take any in. That's it. Fumbled the ball at 25, and they went 75 yards in two plays. So I'm not going to make an excuse for it or say he should have done this or that. That's it. You know, we should have should have done it. You know, sometimes just get carried away with they just finish the game and run it. But I should have just stepped in and said, hey, just take any. Taking, would your quarterback know what to do? 
If it's not in your playbook, you never practice it, I made the wrong call. I take full ownership and not taking a knee and giving them the opportunity to have a couple extra plays and preventing us from stealing the win. <laughs> the game is over. Georgia Tech has no timeouts left. You have a first down. With 33 seconds to go, you go Neil Diamond one time, and the game is over. Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable that and it's not the first time that this has happened with this coach. If you're Miami, I'm not saying that you fire the guy because they're undefeated, but how can you have a coach that can mismanage a game like that? That is the worst mismanagement I think I've ever heard, ever seen, ever. That is self-inflicting. And we see college teams, we still see teams, you know, take knees. We see that. But, you know, we see them run more and maybe take a knee, like, maybe on the final play. But this, inexcusable. Especially when you're a team like Miami that is really not that good, but you just gave away a victory. And this could cost you for a spot maybe in the conference championship game or a major, major bowl game or maybe even a national championship if you keep on winning. But, wow, how does that locker room feel? Or how did they feel after that game on Saturday? And how do they feel this week? Just pathetic. All right, you got some terrible Tuesday takes? You can always hit me up on Twitter at TCMartin21. Let me know what you got. When we come back, Chris Bosio is going to join us. We'll give you an update on what's happening in the ALDS right now. Astros Twins going, Orioles and Rangers later. We'll talk about what the heck is wrong with the Orioles. What the heck's wrong with the Dodgers? I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Doctor TC Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The Doctor is now in. All right, the beat goes on all week here. Last night we had Raiders and Packers. Tonight, Golden Knights getting their championship rings. How about that? The second professional team getting their championship rings. Aces, silver, black, Golden Knights, gold, and black. Yeah, so tonight, rings, banner unveiled tonight, T-Mobile Arena, 7.30. Looking forward to being there for that tonight. Uh, as the Golden Knights kick off or face off, use the right terminology, face off against the Seattle Kraken. All right, had a pretty good sophomore season last year, didn't they? All right, so they got that happening tonight, and then back at the house tomorrow night, Nickelodeon Ultra Arena, Game Two, the WNB Finals, Aces and the Liberty Aces try to take commanding 2-0 lead tomorrow night. Thursday, we'll be doing the show at the Westgate of Las Vegas. So we'll be on the road Friday. So Thursday we'll be at the Westgate. All right. Friday in studio. Brian Feldman, C. Wynn will be filling in for me while I am traveling to New York. So and then next week we'll be doing the show from New York, depending on how the series unfolds. So there's your programming notes for you with that. But Thursday, come on by inside the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas, 2 to 4 p.m. Thursday as we get ready for a little Thursday night football the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Denver Broncos. And it's kind of been, we've been doing this every other week type of Thursday thing. Fridays is our normal Friday home at the Westgate Superbook. 
But because of the schedule, it's been like, so if you've been following along, this should be a normal schedule. Yeah. Friday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday. Yeah. And then next week, we'll get back to Friday. Every Friday. How's that? All right. Join us now. A man who's got a lot to say. He always has a lot to say. He's got a lot in his mind. The pitching coach himself. The pitcher himself. The one and only Chris Bosio. It's playoff baseball, brother. What's going on? CC, how you doing? I'm good, brother. What do you know? You know, you break down the schedule day by day, literally minute by minute, but I don't hear anything about Numchuck's birthday tomorrow. Well, that was the last segment. That was the last segment. Thank you, Numchuck. Yeah. I I don't know what what it is. I mean, this is a guy you've never even met before, but yeah, I, I it sounds like you you're you're his agent now. You're representing this guy. I mean, you love this guy. I represent. I represent. That's right. That's it. <laughs> you just like him for his bell. That's it. No, because you know what? Numchuck's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the way he dresses. You should see the way he dresses. He dresses worse than you. Uh I'm wearing a I've misfit seen, shirt. I've seen you dress, GC. Save it. <laughs> Last time you saw me, I was decked to the nines, man. You know that's true. Maybe one or two, but not to the nines. Uh, oh, wow. Look at you, man. Are you, are you glued to seeing our boy chewing oh on his toothpick God. right now? Four nothing Astros against the Twins. Game number three. Pivotal game three in the best of five series, Boz. Make it five. They got first and second. Oh. Nobody out right now. Sonny oh. Gray's out. Sonny hey, your boy. Out. Your boy, Sonny Gray. The one that Boz said pre-opening day. He says, watch out for Sonny Gray. And he had a good year. I'll give you that, no doubt. But what happened to Sonny Gray today? He gave up a couple homers. He only gave up eight homers all year. And today he gave up two. Which uh, Abreu got one and uh, Bregman just got one. So oh. tough day for the... The Twinkies, but it's only the fifth. A lot can happen in that stadium. You know, Javier has been pretty good uh, today. I know he had the uh, had the Twins fishing for some stuff the first couple innings, got out of trouble, but Javier's been uh, pretty good. And Abreu, you know, going back to that three-run homer, so Altuve led off the game. You know when Altuve leads off a game with a base <clears throat> hit or a homer or whatever, you just got to feel, okay, it, it's the Astros' day, and that's what happened today. Uh, coming off that home loss in game two. I was a little concerned about the Strohs today, and they got off to that great start. And Abreu hit that off of Sonny Gray's sweeper. And that's what cracks me up, Boz. Uh, you know, now you know everyone's calling this a sweeper. That was the first home run he gave off uh gave up off of his sweeper this year. But can can do we have to call it a sweeper? What the hell is the difference between a sweeper and a slider, if anything? Uh, it's the new guys out of Brown University, the, the techie guys that came up with that name. Oh, jeez. It's a slider. You can sweep this, sweep that, whatever. You know, you can, if you can angle the ball, you can make the ball go down or you can take it across the plate. I guess that's a sweeper because it's sweeping across the plate, but it's just changing your arm angle on the finish with your arm path out front. Your arm path goes out front straight down, ball's going to go down. You get it outside your knee a little bit, you can dictate the path with your finish. So all this sweeper stuff, I'm not buying it either. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. 
All right, let's let's talk about uh, this series here. So now, uh, for the sake of conversation, five nothing lead halfway through. Uh, Astros looking pretty strong here. That'd be a two games to one lead. Game number four would be in Minnesota tomorrow. Game five, if necessary, two days later in Houston. How do you think this series ends up? Well, I I was on the Houston matchup with Philadelphia all along, and I'm I'm not going to change it. You know, I, you know, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but Atlanta. So I don't know how they won that game last night, but that's Atlanta. But Houston looks so tough with Tucker, you know, and Alvarez, you know, and I love how they matched up Javier on the road. Um, this guy's a big game pitcher and he's, he's really showing up today. And then they can flip the rotation after this, that off day, you know, that's another thing on the schedule. They, you know, the teams with short staffs, three starters, three or four guys in the pen, this new schedule bodes well for, well, before it was all hands on deck. But these off days now gives, gives teams a chance to rest and it really benefits the first division clubs, the clubs that really had the best pitching all year, you know, and it's kind of showing up right now with Texas. I mean, they had good starting pitching all year, even though they lost a couple guys. You know, those, these other no name guys, all of a sudden they're up to nothing on Baltimore, but you know, it's, it's going to be a dog fight all the way down. I mean, we, you know, we, we knew there was going to be some surprises. Didn't know it was just going to be this, this number of surprises because some of the stuff is eyebrow raising. You know, with the Astros, the pitching, is, the starting pitching is not as, rock solid as it ha- as it was last year and you know they get Verlander back Verlander had a great you know game one but we've seen him be susceptible uh and Framber Valdez hasn't been good for the the better part of the last couple months when you're watching those guys especially Valdez are you concerned at all that he may have lost something here if they don't if they don't have Valdez Houston's not they don't have a chance to win this because they they got to have it because the lefty flips the lineup and gets some of these other guys out of there and it creates good matchups, you know, for the other team. So, you know, I, I know Dusty's concerned because this, he hasn't pitched well, but I tell you, all it takes is, is one five, six inning start. And all of a sudden now these guys are on a three, four game winning streak because the other guys seem to be, doing okay and and if they flip this if they're up in the series with Verlander going you know I, I know he, I know Dusty's probably going to have a short leash but the one thing that they're doing with Justin is they're scoring runs for him TC yep yep and there's certain guys when they they tow it they've got that magic where you know all of a sudden they get 3 4 5 runs that's how you get 300 wins in your career mm-hmm. you know you you got to have some some luck and he he certainly is, has pitched well enough. And with the run support, the thing that concerns me about, you know, Justin is the early stuff. He's gotten out of a couple bases loaded jams with double plays in his last couple outings. Not just the last one, the last couple. You know, and if, uh, I don't know, if somebody gets a big hit on that, who knows where that series is going to be. But, you know, right now with, again, the left-handed batters are just ruthless, man. Alvarez, again, 
think he's got three hits again today. He should have four hits. They gave him an error at first base and shouldn't have been an or an error of the rocket. And Tucker, man, t- I tell you what, Tucker is so disciplined at the plate. You know, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, especially when you get Brantley in there, you know, every day. He's not playing every day, but there's there's probably not a more disciplined hitter in the league than Michael Brantley can spray the ball to all fields and can even hit with some power. And to have him back in the mix is, is fantastic. And going back to the pitching here, Boss, how, how did you handle that as a pitching coach, especially in the postseason, when you've got a guy that you know maybe doesn't have his best stuff, and we know how much of that of the pitching game really is mental as well too. How did you ha- deal with that stuff? Because I know that you had to, you know, pitchers are, are, are you know got some, are creatures of habit, as you well know, and and you know they're superstitious and all that kind of stuff as well too. But you know, not only mechanically but emotionally, how do you deal with that and try to turn a guy around? You know, you go up to him before the game, and when we have our pregame meetings. You know, we basically tell them how this thing is going to be scripted. You know, you're going to have such as Travis Wood. We got the lead. You're going to have so-and-so. And the reason you're going to have so-and-so is this. You've got career numbers against him. This is what you've done on the past. You've had success. Fastball cutter away. You know, for example, like Joey Votto, you've had success throwing him in late with cutters. And then you might go to a, a Rondon or a, a stroke, and you go to the same thing. You stay away from guys that have had success. So if they leave that pitching meeting, so now we go out for batting practice, all the batting practice, they know who they're facing. They know that they have the advantage. Now they come in after batting practice, they change, they get something to eat. We come out for pregame. They're walking out to the bullpen. The thought in their head the entire game is in that slot of the lineup might be six, seven, eight, might be one, two, three. I don't know, but we've already told them who they're going to face and why. And that in itself can be very, very valuable. You know, I'm a big believer in staying away from the guys that can hurt you with one swing. I would rather give up one base than let the guy hit a three-run homer because he's already got a couple hits against us. And my case in point was when we walked Harper nine times in that series at Wrigley. I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Against Dusty and, uh, and, and the Nationals. Uh, had to do it. Uh, Guy was hot as heck. And, you know, and Barry Bonds had the same treatment. Barry Bonds was the greatest of all time. You know, why wouldn't we do it to a guy that's on that same path? At a, at a really young age. And we, we basically took the bat out of his hand and we said, everybody else is going to have to beat us, but we are not going to let Harper beat us. And we didn't. Boss, be, we tra- did not. be transparent here. Okay. Because, you know, Joe Madden took a lot of flack, you know, for that, for doing that. Uh, I want to know whose idea or whose call was that? And, and take me back to the conversation with, with you and Joe back in those days. Well, we, we would have a meeting with the coaching staff and go over it. And we would say, you know, what's, what's the plan with Harper? I would tell them we're, we're not going to pitch to him. We're either going to hit him, <laughs> We're going to short. We're going to hit him on the front foot and breaking balls, or they're going to be balls way, way up, way off of changing his eye level. But we're not going to sit there and pump fastballs at him and strike breaking balls. We're just not going to do it. 
any situation we can, we're going to pitch around him. And Joe basically said, I'm good with it. That was basically the last conversation we had about it in the series because when I'd walk in the meeting, I said, there's a fine if Harper gets a hit. <laughs> if he gets a hit, the pitchers get fined. Huh? An auto, automatic fine. And we, it was a hundred bucks. Oh. If the guy gets a hit off us, it's a hundred bucks, and everyone after that is double. <laughs> I don't want to see this guy on base because he literally beat us and changed the series with one swing of the bat. And you know what? I didn't learn my lesson because later on. Murphy hit three home runs off us against the Mets, yeah. took us out of the series. Right, right. Kiki Hernandez took, hit three home runs off us. And Wrigley took us out of the series. Mm. But those were guys that did not execute, made mistakes, and we all paid for it. Well, I know you didn't pay for it, but... Uh, well, we all paid for it because I, we're, I know, we're I know. a team, buddy. I know. And, you know, unlike some guys... You know, I'm just saying. Uh, stop. So here's what I want to know. The $100, okay? I want to know the $100. All right, where where did that $100 go? All right, did it go in your pocket? Where did it go? No, what happened with the, What happened with the all the fines? All the fines went to nonprofits in the area. Okay, that's good. That's and there was a lot of fines throughout the year. <laughs> we had a kangaroo court. I think that year, I'm, I'm, this could be like, hey, your shoelace was untied, your pocket was out, you know, you're embarrassing the club with your pocket being out. Silly, stupid stuff. Spitting seeds on national television. You know. I love that. that. I love that. I love to find that because that is is stupid looking. But everybody does it. Like like Baltimore, the guys guys all spitting water. If I was on that team, I would find everybody for spitting water on the field. Everybody would get fined. And it's all for good fun. You know, but you... You have fun with it, and then you have kangaroo court, and, you, and you're like, "Look, I'm <laughs> TC stand up. This fine's against you. Okay. You know, it's a twenty dollar fine because uh, I think what does it say? The way you dress, <laughs> twenty dollar fine. Numchuck, huh? you, you get brought up by Numchuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and all the money, and all yeah. the money goes. And again, we pick out some nonprofits. Try not to double up, spread it around a little bit in the community. And again, it's all all good fun. Oh man, I, I lost my train of thought because I, I I was gonna go somewhere with that about about the fines. I can just picture this this kangaroo court. I can picture Boz with you know the old the old judges like you know robe and the in the George in the George Washington hat or with the fake hat or whatever all. with the gavel. You know, it's funny because I'm picturing you and the outfits you wear. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, dude. I know. Uh, <laughs> boss in the, in the kangaroo court. I let me let me say now. Uh, would you institute a fine if your team started bringing out the wheelbarrow after a homer, or the stupid Burger King hat, or the helmet, or the stupid Thor thing? You know uh, this nonsense, or an Elvis jacket, and all this other nonsense. All right, now would would you condone that? Because no, Cubs never had that. Because it's not, no, it's fine because it's non-licensed material by MLB. Right. It's an automatic fine. So if you're every time you wear it, you're going to get fined. What do you think of that? We Absolutely. see that in every I team. Can't. We see I, don't, I can't stand it. I, I don't know. All you got to do is look at some of the teams that aren't doing it. 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't mind the guys taking pictures, but some of the outfits, I, <laughs> first of all, you got to do a little better and right. be a little more creative. I'd find them for that. Minnesota's got the, the, the fly fishing oh. vest. Come on guys. I know. Right. Come on. Might as well just wear Just hold a trout. Yeah. <laughs> Just pathetic, pathetic. All right, what happens tonight, a, man? Throw him a fish. What happens? Baltimore, Texas. Call it. Texas is so hard to beat at home. I got Texas. I got them in the sweep. I got them putting up a crooked number because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, the balls, the ball flies down there in Tejas. You know that, and they're going from outside to inside, and that Texas crowd is going to be hopping. The one thing that Houston did that you have to do on the road with some of these teams is they, they put up a crooked number early and they took the crowd out of it, you know, and that's what you got to do when you're on the road. Cause if they get the crowd into it and all of a sudden the bloop and the blast and they, they got a three or four spot. All right. How long do the Dodgers last? They're done. Immediately. Dodgers. I got it. It's amazing because the Dodgers are known for their starting pitching. And to watch what's going on with their starting pitching, TC, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen the Dodgers have a playoff year like this when their starting pitching has been so decimated. How in the world are they going to get back in the series if they're not scoring eight or nine runs? Because Arizona doesn't look like they're going away. And you're going to have to score to beat them. And now they're going back to AZ and that crowd. There's some really good, uh, really good stories being made out there. You know, and I, I'll be honest with you. I would love to see Dusty go back to back this year. They got the team to do it. Um, it might be his song song, you know, swan song going out, you know, we don't know, but a lot of baseball to be had. Bottom of the fifth, one out, first and second. Javier's still in the game, and Twinkies are trying to get something going here with Polanco up. All right, final thing for you. We saw Philly's amazing comeback, you know, 5-4 over Atlanta last night. Uh, or rather, uh, Atlanta's comeback, I should say, 5-4. Uh, and Philly won the first game. Uh, they're riding that momentum just like uh, the Diamondbacks, you know, from the wild card round. Uh, does Atlanta get by Philly, or what happens in this series? I got I got Philly and they've got a flair for the dramatics. We'll look for them to win that series late in the game. So Boz, you just called that the two best records in all of baseball are bye bye in the divisional round. Atlanta and Baltimore. I'm the underdog. <laughs> Grease Lightning I I, underdog. You and Paulie purebred. I just don't see how Baltimore starting pitching is going to line up with the big boys. I mean, over the course of the year, great story, great team, good young team, but it's just so hard in the playoffs, TC. It's incredibly hard to get through it. You got to have some guys that have been there. It's just, it's hard to do with young pitching. You got to have a little salt underneath that hat. And, you know, some of these, some of these teams are just, they're just riding momentum right now, you know, and uh, I just can't see how Baltimore's, you know, going to be able to swing it. I, I, re- I really don't. 
You know, Minnesota's got more experience. Houston's got more experience. You know, Arizona doesn't, but but the Dodgers, they they don't have anything. I, I saw where Kershaw was fourteen and one against Arizona. What did that get him? That got Arizona a sixth spot in the first. A sixth spot. I know. So, you know, and we talked about it. I'm not saying I knew it. I'm just you look at the starting pitching. Anything can happen. Anything can happen when you don't have solid starters. And I just don't see a lot of those grizzled veteran dudes in there. You know, I see a lot of nine and 12 out starts by these guys, not six, seven innings. You're able to get six or seven innings. It's a miracle the way these games are played. And Dusty's been there. They've got the horses that've been there. They got the experience. You know, I, I got to go with a little bit of experience, and I I got to go with the champs. You got you know? it, brother. You got it. All right, man. We'll let you go, uh, Boz. When you're watching the games, there on on your couch, are you uh, are you spitting some seeds? Are you uh, you chewing on some chew there? No, I'm not. <laughs> My days of chewing are over. Out of I got a diet coke. Houston's got bases, or Minnesota's got bases loaded. One out with Kepler up. I'm watching it, man. I'm watching it. Oh! Yeah, foul ball. Don't, a, don't get put the game excited. on. Watch it, buddy. I'm, I'm, we're watching it right here. That's what I'm talking about. I'm watching it with you. Okay. All right, man. That's it. I just want to make sure that you don't get fined by Heather for uh, spitting seeds in the, li- in the living room there. Because those seeds are uh, hard to get out of the carpeting, my friend. Well, that won't happen, and neither will you. Don't worry. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. See you later. My guy, Chris Bazio. See? You both got Heathers, too. No wonder you guys are tied at the hip. Numbchuck and Boz. We come back. Sam, the man, Gordon's going to join us. We talk Raiders Packers from last night. That wild scene. And then, how about the wild scene Sunday? Aces in the Liberty. We're going to do it again tomorrow night for game number two. That and a whole lot more coming your way. T.C. Martin showing a terrible Tuesday.